It's time to reimagine, redevelop, reinvest, and track the reinvention of Atlantic City. It's AC Primetime Radio. My name is Mel Taylor, and we are coming to you live from Triax Media Studios on the second floor of the Playground Pier, right here on Atlantic City's beautiful boardwalk in front of Caesars. And to my right, the lovely and talented, somebody I met, and I go, boy, your last name sounds so familiar. And I go, well, it's, hey, it's Gene Mushanik from the Epsecon Lighthouse. Great. Hi, Mel. How are you? And then I see you running up and down. Uh, maybe I saw you on those screens, the Impactivate screens on the boardwalk. You're starring there as well. I've heard about that. I do remember when they came and videoed that last summer, but I haven't seen it yet, actually, myself. And... I got to ask you, is your sister jealous that you have the cool job of running a lighthouse and she's just doing some television here and there? That's a really funny question, Mel. Um, well, for those listening who may not know, my sister is Nora Mushanik, and she's a field reporter in the Trenton Bureau for Channel 6 ABC News. So that will be a good question for me to ask her over Mother's Day when I see her soon. Ask her if she's jealous of you as opposed because people think, well, you're on TV. You must be jealous of her. But I, I just love where you work. It's a it's. It's like a little piece of, of paradise down there in the inlet area. Yeah, it really is. Um, you wouldn't believe the number of people that I run into that actually don't know that Epsecon Lighthouse is New Jersey's tallest lighthouse, the country's third tallest lighthouse, and that it's located right here in Atlantic City in the South Inlet, which is soon to be known as the Lighthouse District, if I have anything to say about Stop it. Stop <laughs> right there. Stop right there. So it might be called the Lighthouse District, and right now it's called the Southeast? South, yeah, Southeast Inlet. Which freaks everybody out because, wait, is that south or north or is confusion? There, yeah, you know what? Um, that comes about because if you if you visualize the state of New Jersey and the Jersey Shore, of course, the barrier islands all face east towards Europe. But once you get south, uh, the Atlantic City, or uh, I'm sorry, Epsecon Island, if you just uh, take a li- your finger and cock it all the way to the right, you are now facing southeast and that's where our island faces. And as time goes by, when you head on down to the inlet section or the lighthouse district or it's a horrible thing to say but somewhere you know it's a couple blocks away from the back door of glenn straub's revel good and uh, tony baloney's yeah you have to have some landmarks absolutely right? but boy could you imagine the kind of foot traffic you're going to get when you have that new elongated boardwalk that comes around the ocean side up the inlet with the new seawall the new boardwalk are you ready for those throngs of people loving to walk up and down that that great historic lighthouse yeah Yes, Mel, we are so ready. And the reason is because we're a two-acre site. We have this gorgeous lawn. Uh, We have picnic tables and garden benches. We have a 21-bed community garden outside, a lovely museum. It's a replica of the head keeper's cottage um, for the last family that lived there. Uh, Knud Hansen was the last head light keeper. And where the community garden is, uh, that's the footprint of where the two assistant keepers lived uh, during the time period that the lighthouse was in commission. And when was it built? When was it used and all that? Okay, so little history for your audience. Um, there were many shipwrecks off the coast of uh, Epsecon Island, and the founder of Atlantic City, Dr. Jonathan Pitney, was commissioning the United States Lighthouse Service, letting them know we really need a lighthouse down here. And it wasn't until the sinking of the Powhatan, which was an, uh, a ship bringing immigrants, 300 people lost their lives uh, along the coast, that 
the service finally said, yeah, you really do need a lighthouse. This is 18... 1854 was when it was uh, construction started. And at the time, the construction was overseen by General George Meade, and he led the Union Army at the Battle of Gettysburg. So we have this wonderful historical connection. And it took a few years to build. The lighthouse was first lit on January 15, 1857, and it was in commission uh, until 1933. It converted from mineral oil to electricity in 1925. So mineral oil was what was firing the light at the top. Correct. Uh, just picture a candle, uh, but on a, mu- a much larger scale with uh, oil, but a big you know, giant wick, just uh, uh, shooting light out. We have still in place at the top the original first order Fresnel lens. And the fascinating thing about that is there are very few lighthouses around the country that still have their original first order lens in place at the top. It weighs 12,800 pounds, which freaks me out, frankly, because that's like having four cars at the top of the lighthouse. And um, But when it was shining, it could be seen for 19.5 nautical miles out to sea. And um, I know that this is a a web radio kind of situation, so I'll pose a question to your listeners, and maybe they can email you back with what they think the the reason that the light could only be seen for 19.5 nautical miles. I'm going to represent my listeners right now. Okay. <laughs> it's because the shape, that's the horizon. That's yes. the length of the horizon. Yeah. It's then the earth starts to curve. So and who what, knows how far the I, light could be seen. Do I have a special gift or a prize that I win? Did you bring a... Free climbs forever for oh, Mel Taylor. I only got up halfway. <laughs> what? It, it, it can kind of wind you. If, I mean, I, I do a lot of bike riding and walking, but mm-hmm. you do it takes some time, and that's why there's these little plateaus where you can take yes. a break, right? Yeah, six landings as you climb to the top. There's a window and information at each, so you can stop and catch your breath. And how many stories would it be if it was a building, a home, or something like that? It's about 17 stories, so <laughs> it's 171 feet tall, 228 steps to the top, another 12 steps, which gets you to the lantern room, uh, but that is off limits, unfortunately, to the public because we must protect that 159-year-old Fresnel lens. 1933, it was decommissioned. And mm-hmm. is that because of uh, radar or uh, radio? Or That's a great question. But actually, it was because the lights of Atlantic City, the town was so built up by then that the guys at sea no longer needed the Epsecon Lighthouse because we're a coastal beacon. So our lighthouse is designed to be so tall. We're not guiding ships safely into harbor. We're actually keeping ships far out at sea so that they don't crash on the shifting shoals that happen all the time during nor'easters and other storms. So that's why the lighthouse is so tall. And um, one interesting fact your listeners may enjoy is that lighthouses are painted all different colors and designs. They're known as day marks because at night, you would rely on the characteristic of the lens, whether it was flashing or steady or rotating or rotating and flashing. That's how you would know your position at night. But during the day, you would rely on how the lighthouses are painted and what their day marks are to know your position at sea during the day. Fun fact. So, wow. I I think that most people think they're just a very tall building with a light at the top. Right. They are fairly, um, a lot of engineering goes into into those designs, right? Yes. And you know what? I mean, just as we talk about it, you can see a lot of engineering naturally to keep the light upheld with bricks and mortar and iron, but also how simple it all is. It's Let's talk about funding. I know that Dave Matthews threw a couple of bucks your way, the famous rock star. He kind of 
kind of subsidize the uh, the plantings out front? Yeah, uh, not specifically through Bucks Our Way, but to seed money for gardens in Atlantic City through Atlantic Cares Healthy Living uh, for residents of Atlantic City. So we were one of the beneficiaries of seed money to start our community garden. It's really nice to see, first off, the lawn, the uh, impeccable landscape. Thank and you. then the, the raised... Uh, gardens with vegetables. Right. It is just so gorgeous. Now let's give credit where credit is due because our lawn is beautiful and our grounds are beautiful with the help of Atlantic City Special Improvement District through the CRDA. So we're within the tourism district and that is a, a funding help right there. We used to have a $7,000 landscaping bill just to keep the property beautiful. So we've been able to... And at one time mm -hmm. you truly had to rely on your own funding, your $7,000. You you had to pay that bill. Oh, yes. Well, what's How interesting... How long... When did that finally change that, that some of those casino dollars were directed to beautify your neighborhood? Um, when the CRDA... Um announced uh, the tourism district and so we are in the tourism district and we are obviously a family attraction you was know that 2011 2011 that was yeah. uh, mr christie when he said what are you doing with the money going out of state going out of town right Something so we like we have benefited and i'm really happy because um i think that this particular icon belongs to the residents of atlantic city and is there as an historical educational uh destination for all of the residents of New Jersey. So I do believe that it's worthwhile funding. So we are talking to Gene Mushanik of the Epsican Lighthouse. And my name is Mel Taylor. It's AC Primetime Radio, and we're coming to you live, on demand, streaming, whatever. Maybe you're looking at us inside here. That's called the fishbowl. People stand out there. They listen. And they go, who is that lovely lady talking about my favorite lighthouse? They go, Hi, everybody. That's right. So we are here on the second floor of uh, the playground pier in front of Caesars. It's the playground pier on the beautiful Atlantic City boardwalk. So how did Gene Mushanik end up? Being the, I guess, the caretaker, you're the, the, well, you're in charge of making sure the Epsican Lighthouse grows and is marketing. When did you get involved with the Epsican Lighthouse? Where are you from? What were you doing? And then how did this great opportunity present itself to you? Okay, um, I'll be brief for your listeners as well. I'm born and bred in New Jersey. I'm from South Amboy and uh, went to college in New Jersey, Ramapo College in North Jersey. My sister Nora and I moved down here uh, for an opportunity with a TV station that was getting started, WWAC, Channel 53, but you're not, you guys, years ago. You guys aren't twins, are you? No, we're not. The older we get, the more we're looking alike. But you, we're Irish twins. We're about 12, uh, 14 months apart. <laughs> and one of the first things I asked you when I met you at uh, Dante Hall, I said, uh, your background, what is it? And you mentioned that you were half and half. Czech oh, Czechoslovakian, just like you, Mel. That's Great. Right. Well, no, I'm Lithuanian. Oh, I'm sorry. And then the other half is Irish. <laughs> Irish, yeah. That's right. So how about so, yeah. that? Um, so I happen to be on the board of the Lighthouse. Um, and how did that, so how did all that come about? So you come down here with your sister, but then how did all of a sudden you find your way here to the Epsican Lighthouse? Well, you know, there's this expression in South Jersey, you get sand in your shoes. So I was in the casino industry. Um, the television station closed up. Nora moved on to an 
ABC affiliate in Harrisburg, and I stayed and got a job at the Sands Casino at the time, working uh, in the marketing department. Uh, it was wonderful. Got a lot of good marketing education there, and stayed in the industry for about <laughs> 20 years while I was at the um, ShopRite Classic. From the industry, I went to the ShopRite LPGA Classic for a few years, and uh, the president of the board of the Lighthouse uh, knew of my experience in marketing and asked would I join the board of the Lighthouse, so I did. And when the uh, the executive director that we had at the time moved to the Historical Commission in Trenton, I was offered the job, and I accepted. I thought it was a wonderful opportunity because the, the Lighthouse was restored, but we were having such struggles attracting people to and the lighthouse. Why do you think that was? There are another f uh, three famous words from the realty industry, which is location, location, location. We are two blocks off the boardwalk, and um, you know, at the time, we were four blocks north of the the uh, nearest casino. So people were not really finding us. There wasn't the same. They saw the mm -hmm. top of it, maybe but they didn't quite know. <laughs> do we want to go to that neighborhood? But now, when you go down there, now there's almost nothing there except the beauty. Of, uh, of your property. I mean, it really is changing dramatically every time I go down there. It is. Um, the Lighthouse District right now uh, does have a lot of available land for development. And so I think, you know, what will happen is as people, um, the developers come to uh, Atlantic City and see where the opportunities are, it is such a ripe opportunity of land down there. Uh, Oceanfront, boardwalk front. To say that you're right by the Epsican Lighthouse is pretty prestigious. Well, thank you. And it's going to be, I mean, yeah. it's always going to be in perfect condition, landscaping-wise, I would imagine. Well. I, I never see it. I never see a blade of grass. I know where the weeds are. <laughs> but no, it's but, more than yeah. just a lighthouse. Right. It's tours. People can, can people rent the, the area? Can uh, people can go in there and they yeah. can purchase items? They can do all kinds of stuff yes. inside your, what is that called? The home or the, the house? The keeper's cottage, we call it. The keeper's cottage. Yeah, it's a museum. And what's inside? Mm -hmm. It's a wonderful museum and a gift shop. And inside there, people acclimate themselves uh, with the history of the lighthouse by seeing a lot of old-time photographs, artifacts, memorabilia from Atlantic City, uh, restoration photographs, timeline of different day marks, and they get to pick up a can and see how heavy the oil was that the keepers carried to the top of the lighthouse. Of course, in the gift shop, you have your, your books and your mugs and postcards and magnets and shot glasses and uh, memorabilia like that, so uh, t-shirts and we have, uh, it's really lovely. People enjoy that. But the real thrill, of course, is to climb to the top of Epsican Lighthouse. What we, about parking? Mm -hmm. We have a 10-car vehicle parking lot. And when we have large events, as you mentioned, uh, people can pull up and use uh, pretty much the grass and the property all around to park on. So. A lot of people come down there for photography, maybe yeah. uh, after their Painting. wedding. Oh, yeah. Well, we do host weddings and events at Epsican Lighthouse. We have a facility rental program. Uh, we are not wedding coordinators. So I'm not going to find your flowers and, you know, your caterer and that kind of thing. But uh, we do rent out the property. And really, when you think about it, uh, gorgeous photographs for your wedding album, you know, with the, the beacon in the background and the and the whole building. So. You have a full calendar of events for the uh, season of 2016. What are some of the big ones coming up down there at the Absecon Lighthouse? Okay. Um, in June, we have our golf tournament. That's June 8th. It's not at the Lighthouse. It's at um, a is Emerald Greens, but our big summertime event is something, Mel, that people who attend it find that it's amazingly lovely, 
and it is Symphony and Soul. And Symphony and Soul is where we bring in the Eddie Morgan Trio to play jazz, and then we bring in a string quartet um, with the Bay Atlantic Symphony Orchestra. And we call that, you know, the combination where the juxtaposition of either hearing a classical piece and then the next tune is a jazz piece. It's a wine tasting, and we have wonderful sponsors who help us out. Uh, it's, it's just really lovely. It's an outdoor event, and people can climb the lighthouse, but then just, you know, the music is its really lovely. Well, there's something here that's sticking out, and do you want to take a wild guess at what's catching my eye? Um, no, I'm going to let you tell me. <laughs> So tell me about this thing happening on Sunday, June 12th. It's called Chowder Fest. It's a tentative and actually, oh, yeah. What a big tease. See, uh, oh, it's a big tease. I'm sorry. So, so let's say that it is happening. What would I enjoy at Chowder Fest? Right. Um, I will, I'll call this year a planning year for Chowder Fest. Um, I'm thinking there's soup involved? Yeah. Oh, yeah, good. absolutely. Okay, that's good. Well, here's the thing. I, I want to work a little bit um, more on putting this together because, um, again, for your audience, I don't know that if they know out of Gardner's Basin, uh, the <clears throat> boats that harvest all the clams for Campbell's clam chowder, yeah. uh, you know, and Campbell's is up in Camden. So that's a pretty, you know, huge operation that they have. And so at some point we want to put on a chowder fest. It would seem that when you're thinking about Maine and lighthouse and boating and guys in raincoats and galoshes, that chowder has to be a big part of that whole vibe. Yeah, I like this. You're, you're helping me design the logo right now as we speak. So you're <laughs> suggesting that you're not quite sure whether you'd have the draw, but when I look, but what's the first thing my eyes went to chowder chowder fest yeah it was one of our board members ideas a uh, great idea um, because he had actually attended something and i think there's one up on lbi maybe and it sounds um, like a no-brainer but there's a little bit of doubt not knowing whether it could be promoted and marketed and or positioned properly yeah I'll, i will need help with that to tell you the truth uh, mel we're I, just I, i'll help it <laughs> come on come on gene it's chowder fest i know first of you i can't stop saying that chowder fest okay because it sounds so tasty. Don't, like, don't let's not mislead the public. So, it's not so, happening yet. So, give me the rough idea of Chowder Fest. Is that where some of the best chefs bring their best chowders? Yeah, see, I think another reason we want to wait until 2017 is for something you mentioned earlier, which is the completion of the boardwalk on that side, because that side of the boardwalk will then connect with the Lighthouse Park, which is a, a new public park that was CRDA-sponsored. It's adjacent to our property, so that people, strollers, bicycles, right, right across the right, street, can just stroll off and walk. And so we would utilize both Lighthouse Park and the Epsecon Lighthouse house property, have tents, um, promotion, that, tables, chairs, uh, fine people, you know, the, the various restaurants that would become involved. So we're only a two full-time staff operation. We really rely a lot on our volunteers. So with all of the different grant writing, administration, events, uh, being open to the public, uh, there's a lot involved for just two people to handle. So I, I need a little bit more resources and and good help before there I pull is some, that off. There is some great, there is some great <laughs> stuff happening down there because um, Elizabeth Tyrannic. She's wonderful. She 
she knows she loves me dearly. Okay, great. Because, She's yeah. married though. <laughs> I'm kidding. But her husband fully endorses okay. her platonic love for good, me good. based on the, uh, because I'm a digital guy and I help her digital. Yeah, that's wonderful. I, I try to help her market all the great stuff she's working on. She's working on stuff like that playground, which is just a block or two yeah, away, it's beautiful. right? Yeah, it's all connected. It's all connected. And at that playground, I think there are, it's a tennis court and basketball courts. There are grills and swing sets and that will be right on the boardwalk. So it, it you know, and the until, Lighthouse District, Mel, that's going to be the place to be. So the Lighthouse District, but then again, the inlet. So people understand the lighthouse, the lighthouse district is down by the inlet. So are you getting any traction with the name? Because you've said it about 20 times so far, and I'm, I'm liking it. The Lighthouse District. Mm-hmm. That sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, Elizabeth is aware of it, and she also likes it. It actually comes from a study that was conducted, I believe it was 2014. Uh, there was an international group that came to town. Unfortunately, their name is escaping me right now, but uh, they looked at Atlantic City and uh, with a potential, like an eye for potential, what could happen here, and an evaluation of current resources, attractions for cleanliness, for a lot of different factors. And they were very hot on the idea that we should um, refer to that area of town to give it an identity and to take the most historic thing and the oldest structure in Atlantic City. What a, maybe, yeah. maybe the biggest and best landmark because yes it's an awesome landmark yeah thanks. but you know for the longest time though i didn't know where absecan lighthouse was because not everybody knows that we're on absecan island Correct. that's unfortunate yeah um you know we do get a call occasionally hey i'm in absecan and i can't find your lighthouse <laughs> absecan the word comes from a native lenai lenape a native american indian word and it means little running waters because absecan island and the word is absagami just like the mm-hmm. high school but um absecan island was also used by the Native Americans as their summer hunter, hunting, fishing, and camping grounds. Like everyone from way back when likes to go to the Jersey Shore for vacation. So that's why Epsecan Island is called. It's Atlantic City, Ventnor, Margate, and Longport. So how can people find out more about Epsecan Lighthouse, your website, your social media? How can people reach out and learn more about Epsecan Lighthouse, Gene Mushanik? Okay, since you have a streaming internet audience, first let's start with our Facebook page, Epsecan light. So it's Facebook forward slash Epsecan light. And uh, we do a posting roughly once a day on the different events and things that are going on. For example, this morning we hosted a group from Stockton, uh, students who are taking the class Atlantic City, the past as prologue. So they came to learn about the history of Atlantic City as a means of understanding what Atlantic City could or should be doing moving forward uh, to create new history. Uh, so that's our, our uh, Facebook page. We're on Instagram. Instagram. We're on Twitter. And our web uh, site is upseekinlighthouse.org, O-R-J. Our phone is 609-449-1360. And our address is 31 South Rhode Island Avenue, just like Monopoly. Well, Gene Mushanik of the Upseekin Lighthouse, thank you so much thank for being Thank you, Mel. It, I, but you and I could do a radio show together all the time with plenty to talk about. Well, uh, as some of my friends and family would tell you, there should actually be an Epsecan Lighthouse radio show because they might want to shut me up. (laughs) Like, I could go on and on and on about Epsecan Lighthouse. Well, you know a gentleman by the name of uh, John Belarus, right? The famous weatherman from Philadelphia. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about it because he was here on air here with us uh, a few weeks back, and I said, wouldn't it be great if 
every once in a while you went to the top and did your weather cast live from the top of Epsecon Lighthouse. I'm so glad you mentioned that because one new feature we have this year and they're incredible. Um, it's attheshore.com and we had cameras installed this year. Uh, Jim Ginn, wonderful guy. He would be great on your show. He has that website uh, that he runs with cameras all over South Jersey. I did see, I, when I walked in, I saw a big giant LCD screen like yes. the one sitting behind you and yes. it was what we're looking at from the very tippy top? Yeah, it's great because this is really wonderful for people uh, maybe with ADA issues who can't climb to the top of the lighthouse. They're still going to get eight different camera views from the top. And one of them we have named the selfie cam. So when people are climbing, they can call their friends and family and say, hey, log on to I made it to the top.com. And when I get to the top, there's a live camera up there. I'm going to wave to you from the top of the lighthouse. Who came up with that great idea of I made it to the top.com? Jim again. Wow. I know. It was really wonderful. And he donated the TV too. So, so let, me, I gotta, let me count this down. Kudos, Jim. I made it to the top.com. Correct. Chowda Fest. Is all the brains being collected down there at the Lighthouse yes. District? <laughs> is, that, is that where it is? Yeah. So that's why everyone should come down. Like, let's just sit and chat about your business and we'll just come up with new ideas for you. Thank you so much for being a part of AC Primetime Radio. I think we hit it all. Thank you so much, Mel. I really appreciate you doing this for us. Sun, fun, news and info from Atlantic City. This is AC Primetime Radio with Mel Taylor. Find us online at ACPrimeTime.com.